You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. It's Monday, April 4th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. Amid shutdown during the pandemic, the government stepped in quickly to provide much-needed financial support to Americans and business owners, but maybe they moved too quickly. One of the plans to help was the Paycheck Protection Program, also known as PPP, which we now know has been looted by fraudsters to the tune of billions of dollars. The true amount may not be known, but in this program alone, it could be about $80 billion, and much of it is unrecoverable. To scam the government, people inflated the number of employees they had, or even created companies out of whole cloth and there was little verification. Laura Strickler, national investigative reporter at NBC News, joins us for the looting of the PPP. Thanks for joining us, Laura. Thanks for having me. Well, NBC News has a special investigative series called The Fleecing of America, and it's focusing on the U.S. government spending during the pandemic and how it's led to historic fraud. The story we're going to be talking about right now has to do with PPP, so the Paycheck Protection Program, and really just billions of dollars that people went on the website, signed up for, the banks and the government gave them the money, and they went out and spent it on lavish things, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, lots of Teslas, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff. And really the crux behind all of this is in the effort to get money out to people that needed it, very fast, they sacrificed a lot of security that they probably didn't need to, and fraudsters came out of the woodwork for all of this. So, Laura, walk us through what we're seeing with all of it. Well, that's you're exactly right. That's exactly what we found. And, you know, we really decided to bring back the fleecing of America because of this historic spending, and we knew the historic spending would lead to um, historic fraud. And, you know, there's an association of certified fraud examiners. They say that 5% of all money that goes out goes to fraud. So that means when you have a pandemic relief at $5 trillion, we're looking at hundreds of billions of dollars that have gone to fraud. And that's, you know, that's something we wanted to shine a light on. And we're um, going to be speaking to many people in the administration um, and to law enforcement to find out how are they going to track that money down. 
So no one has been able to tally exactly how much of it's been wasted, but you know, these are the figures that we're confident with, you know, now, and it's only now two years later that we're beginning to get a clear picture of how much money was stolen from American taxpayers. And there was a bunch of different programs too. So obviously for this, we'll we'll mostly focus on the PPP program, but you know, unemployment benefits, everybody was due some money with all of that stuff. And that had its own set, right? You know, so every program was exploited in a different way. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, basically as soon as the information came out that all of this money was going to be made available, there are some people who hear that. And the minute they hear it, they, you know, jump up and say, well, I'm going to figure out the fastest way to get this free money. And, you know, many people created businesses out of whole cloth and they claimed they had um, employees when they didn't. They used fake identifications. This really did have a cost because the Paycheck Protection Program, it ultimately ran out of money. So that meant that some people out there who really did truly need this money weren't able to get it because it had already been stolen and taken by people who were doing it for fraudulent reasons. Let's talk a little bit about the PPP program and and how it worked and why Mm -hmm. it was so easy for a lot of this stuff. So basically, as I mentioned, the in the um, interest of expediency for all of this, there was guidance that basically said that to get out the money very fast, the lenders really didn't have to hold the the people applying accountable for, you know, not meeting some of the criteria. So this really led to them not checking, not doing some of that due diligence in an application. And this is where a lot of people really uh, struck gold with it. Absolutely. I mean, the first the first uh, gauntlet that, you know, folks had to go through um, to get this money was often an automated system. So it was, you know, you would submit your documentation, you would answer a bunch of questions. And then oftentimes people got loan approvals based on an automated system. I mean, that's remarkable in and of itself. And, you know, certainly one point we should make is that the Biden administration, when, you know, there were subsequent rounds of the PPP program, they added a lot of fraud protections to the program. So the program did evolve and there are different, you know, there were different versions of it. Um, But certainly in the early days, especially those first two weeks when $400 billion went out the door you know, it was just a matter of speed and they were just trying to get it out as soon as possible. Um, and so you could pretty much make up a company overnight, um, submit um, what looked like legit paperwork and as far as um, paychecks that you're sending them out um, and get millions of dollars. On the government side, the guidance was hey, let's make this really fast. Let's just push everybody through. On the side of the banks and the lenders, it wasn't their money because they were going to get reimbursed by the government. So things were going to be falling through the cracks uh, on that side of it, too. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, one of the ones that's easiest to understand, one of the cases we looked at is, you know, a couple who claimed they had a farm in Miami um, and, and they used their real address. You know, anyone could have Googled the address like we did, you know, and you could look at it on a on street Google street view. You didn't even have to go there and you could see immediately, this is not a farm with 15 employees. It's just a house, you know? So it's, yeah, you know, there's another case we looked at where it was a ministry, uh, a family who claimed they had a ministry, an international ministry with 400 employees and they didn't have any employees, you know, and they got 
$7 million. If we can, let's continue on with some of uh, more of these examples. Uh, You know, a lot of them happened in Florida. You got to speak to the attorney general there about a lot of these cases just because, I mean, I don't know, Florida, I guess Florida, right? They, they were just trying to really uh, do this. And, and and some of these guys, you know, young people probably doing some of this stuff before, but getting millions of dollars and then just turning around and spending it on cars and really lavish things. That's yeah. one of the other striking things, right? Is, okay, you're going on and you're defrauding the government and these programs. Your name is attached to some of the stuff because you need to get the money. You have to feel like somebody's going to check up on you, but they didn't care. Right. I mean, they were spending it on all the yes. stuff they could. Yes. And I will say that the, the lavish spending, we've seen that all over the country. We just ended up speaking to the U.S. attorney in Miami because of some of the more colorful cases down there. But absolutely, this was happening all over the country and buying mansions, et cetera, you know, around the country. And one of the things we did, we did find out is when we spoke to law enforcement, they said that their agents at the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, and that's the inspectors general who are pursuing this fraud, the agents really like these cases. And that's because exactly what you said, there's a paper trail. There's a concrete paper trail between the application that the person made to the federal government, the money they received, the fake documents that they created, and then the, the fact that they had to sign documents you know, claiming that this was all, in fact, true, basically an easy crime to prosecute. And so one of the things we learned is that even though this was two years ago, the federal government has 10 years to pursue this fraud. Yeah. So we're going to continue to see these cases. That's a super interesting part of it. And for all those people that have committed this fraud, and, and I think some of the officials that you spoke to, acknowledges even, we're not going to catch everybody that committed fraud in this. So for a lot of them, I mean, you've, if you hold out 10 years, you might have gotten away with all of this. And the government has set up a the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee right now. So they're trying to look for all of this stuff. If they find somebody, they'll refer it to federal agents who can go and look on this. But there's only been 178 people that have been convicted so far, and they're expecting a lot more people to find. Yes, absolutely. And There's no doubt there's thousands more cases that they have to make. And I think that fortunately for the federal government, as I said, these are easy cases to make. They're not, you know, they're they're not really labor intensive um, because the federal government already has all the documents they need to show that um, the that there's obvious fraud. We don't know exactly how much has been stolen on all this. Uh, some conservative estimates say $76 billion. Secret Service says they estimate $100 billion. It could be a lot more, right? Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you were talking about the percentage yeah. <laughs> the percentage of how much it is. I think $800 billion went out just in this program alone. So there's a lot to go through on all this. This is all part of a big investigative series by NBC News, The Fleecing of America Laura Strickler, National Investigative Reporter at NBC News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.